Today on Simple Truths, Pastor Xavier Rees brings us an extremely important theological concept. First of all, Satan is not the opposite or counterpart of God. He is a created angel by God. He doesn't know everything. He's limited by God in what he can do. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Gates don't fight. Gates represent authority. The authority of hell is not greater than the authority of heaven. It's real simple. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Throughout the ages, the concept of Satan has brought fear to man. Many myths and legends include this perpetrator of evil as he causes uncontrollable havoc on mankind. Well, now that may sound like a good Hollywood script, but it hardly stands up to biblical truth. Now, as Pastor Xavier digs deeper into this series, The Doctrine of Angels, he helps dispel the myths behind Satan and brings us the simple truths about this fallen angel in today's message, Satan, His Origin, Fall, Present, and Future. Let's listen. Go back to Isaiah chapter 14. You ever want some key passages about Satan? Just remember it this way. Isaiah 14, Doublet 28, and Ezekiel 14 and 28. Two important passages. So Isaiah 14, verse 12 through 14, here Satan's rebellion is given to us and it's against God. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mountain of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Satan here, or Lucifer's five, I wills. Satan's first I will, I will ascend into heaven. God's first is I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God in Ezekiel 16. I will ascend into the heavens. God says, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. The mountain of God again is reinforced, right? It's heaven, the place of God. In Isaiah 14, 13, Satan's second I will. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Ezekiel 28, 16 gives us God's response. A second, I destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Satan's third, I will, in Isaiah 14, 13 says, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. Ezekiel 28, 17, God says, I cast you to the ground. Satan forced, I will, in Isaiah 14, 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. God's fourth respond, Ezekiel 28, 17. I lay you before kings that they might gaze at you. Satan's fifth 
I will in Isaiah 14, 14. I will be like the most high. God's fifth response, Ezekiel 28, 18. I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you. Satan says nothing else. God has the last word. Here's the sixth response of God in Ezekiel 28, 18. I turn you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Yet you shall be brought down to the depths of the pit. Pride. He's a created angel. And yet he's brash enough to make these arrogant threats against God. Five I wills. God responds to each one. God has the last word. If you ever think that Satan is not serious about overthrowing God, then you're not paying attention to the scriptures. From these threats, when he was cast out of heaven, you see that consistency and that determination to the very last battle at Armageddon. He's serious. So all these threats made the rebellion. Here's his fall. But it didn't stop there. And you, you have to think really hard about this, okay? When you fall, it's usually not alone. You usually will bring someone down with you, if not one, many. Because hardly ever do we sin by ourselves, <laughs> though it's possible. Usually we like company. Well, Satan didn't want to go alone. And so remember, these fallen angels that followed him comprised the angels of darkness that are bound, permanently bound in Tartarus and chains, as 2 Peter 2, 4 and Jude 6 says. Temporarily bound in the bottomless pit that will be loosed in the, the great tribulation as Revelation 9, 2, and 14 says. So you have permanently bound and temporarily bound. And also remember that we covered this, but these also comprise angels of darkness that are loose all the time. Demons seem to need to possess people, and we touched that on our previous study. They are fallen angels. John tells us that many spirits have gone out into the world the cosmos, the worldly system. So there are many influences out here in the world. Remember, demons and spirits have been around since the creation. This is the biblical truth about the devil and his fall. Notice thirdly, the devil, his present and future destiny. We've seen his origin. We've seen his fall his present and future destiny. First of all, Satan is not the opposite or counterpart of God. We can't say that enough. He is a created angel by God. He is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Sometimes I'll be, oh, I don't want Satan to read my mind. Satan can't read your mind. <laughs> he can, he's, a knee, he's a knees dropper, though. He listens to your telephone conversations. He listens to you when you talk, and so does the spirits, as demons, fallen angels, okay? And they report back 
and report to the general. He's not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. So he can't be more powerful than God. He's not all-present. He can't be everywhere at the same time. In fact, the Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren before the throne of God. So he can't be everywhere at the same time. That's important. He's limited by God in what he can do. There are boundaries placed upon him. He needs permission to test men. Job chapter 1 and 2. Oh, you, you put a hedge around him. Lower that hedge and let me at him. Okay. But you can't touch his body. Satan goes. Comes back and says, ah, yay, skin for skin, yea, will a man give all that he has if you take his life. Touch his body. God gave permission. God gave permission. Listen, if you're a child of God, Satan can't touch you. You're his child. Oh, he'll give you a good run for your money. But you got to be a good fighter. <laughs> Satan was not allowed to take Moses' body. In fact, Michael rebuked him in Jude 19. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Oh, that is so good. The Lord rebuke you. If Michael says that, hey, that's good enough for me. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Gates don't fight. Gates represent authority. The authority of hell is not greater than the authority of heaven. It's real simple. Matthew 16, 18. Yet he goes about to destroy. And so we're told by Peter, 1 Peter 5, 8, 9, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Notice, resist him. Don't talk to him. Don't reason with him. Steadfastly in the faith, not through the loudness of your voice, not by screaming at him, not by putting your hands over your ears, knowing that the same suffering is experienced by other Christians. The warning here is a real one. It's not hypothetical to believers. It's real. Take heed to it. But secondly, Satan is called the God of this age who blinds men's minds from the gospel. And we get this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. In fact, Satan and his activities are constant. The opposition against the gospel by Satan is taught by Jesus in Matthew 13, 19. For Satan is the one who snatches up the seed of the word of God from men's hearts lest they believe. Sorrow goes out the soul. Some falls by the wayside. Harpasso, violently, instantly, snatched from one place to another. The, the word never falls into the heart of those men and women. Snatched up. They're never born again. But the others, because Jesus interprets the parable itself, the seed is the word of God. 
The ground is the heart of men. The second and the third and the fourth, the seed falls in the heart. Only one wasn't born again. The other three are. And two of the last three opt out for saving their skin under persecution and trials. And the other ones under wealth and riches and the things of the world. And the ones who remain faithful to the end, 30, 60, 100 fold. Only one of those four weren't born again. It's real simple. He snatches the seed. Jesus calls Satan the prince of the ruler of the world on three occasions. In John 12, 31, Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, said to the people, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. When Jesus would go to the cross, his authority was destroyed. John 14, 30, Jesus, speaking to his disciples, said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. Listen, he has nothing in me. Jesus had no sin. He cannot accuse him. He holds nothing against him. One last time in John 16, 11, Jesus still speaking to his disciples, speaking about the Holy Spirit to come, the comforter. And when he has come, speaking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The whole world lies in the sway of the evil one or the wicked one, 1 John 5, 19 says. This world is fallen. By virtue of our fallen nature through Adam, Romans 5, 12, by one man sin entered in the world and death by sin. We all have sin nature. If you don't think you have sin nature, let me talk to you afterwards for just 30, five seconds. But secondly, by virtue of our sinfulness, we commit sins. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, dead in trespasses and sins. How many of you did not sin today? Raise your hand up so I can laugh at you. I'm glad we agree. Satan has many titles and names. Old serpent appears one time in the New Testament, but serpent four other times and represents experience in subtleties, craftiness, and deceit. And you have that in 2 Corinthians 11, 3, and then the book of Revelation uh, 12, 9, 14, 15, and chapter 20, verse 2. Most of them are found in Revelation. Uh, prior to the fall, you see, the serpent walked uprightly. It was a curse that made him crawl on his belly. Before the fall, the serpent is uprightly. And if you look to the millennial kingdom, Isaiah says, the only thing that will not be turned back to its original state is the serpent. It will crawl on his belly and eat dust all the days of its life. The evil one appears four times in 1 John and describes his source of nature or and nature. And he is not content unless he is seeking others to make them evil also. That's Satan. 1 John 2, 13, 14, 5, 18, and 19. Roaring lion appears once. I gave it to you already, 1 Peter 5, 8. It describes one 
who captures. A lion does not roar before he has the prey. He roars after. If he roared before, the prey would get away. He roars afterwards. Ah, I conquered. Tempter, twice. Matthew 4, 3, 1 Thessalonians 3, 5. It means that he entices mankind to do evil and to sin. Accuser, appearing two times in the New Testament as the one who charges man before God. The book of Job, chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, Revelation 12, 10. No one can accuse the believer before the throne of God, Romans 8, 13. Who shall bring charge to God's elect? None. Deceiver appears one time for Satan and another time for the Antichrist, identifying the one who counterfeits, disguises, and schemes. You have that in 2 John 1, 7 and Revelation 12, 9. It's got many other names. We could be here all night. Beelzebub, Belial, many, many others. We've gone through some of them in the other studies. But... Let me give you Satan and his activity within the church. Might blow your mind, okay? <laughs> the church of Smyrna in Revelation 2, 8 and 9 was persecuted by Jews who were of the synagogue of Satan. Revelation 2, 12 and 13. Satan made his way into the church of Pergamos. He had established his throne in it. Revelation 2, 18 through 20. Satan managed to contaminate the entire church of Thyatira and made it his home. Matthew 13, 24 through 30, in the peril of the tares, they are the children of the wicked one, the enemy being Satan, and the wheat being the children of God. So you have this conflict going on. But look at how deeply involved Satan was already in, this, in three of the seven churches. And let me say to you, Satan, there's a lot of churches today following the same order as those three. Compromising, preaching the word but not living it, making the business of the church. God help them. John tells us that greater is he that's in you, Jesus, than he that's in the world, 1 John 4, 4. The wicked one is limited. He cannot touch you, 1 John 5, 18. Satan has attempted to destroy God's seed from the beginning. If you look at the history, you see that over and over again. Uh, Cain and Abel, Genesis 4, 1 through 8. In Egypt, he uh, attempted to massacre the infants in Exodus chapter 1. David was attempted to be killed by Saul in 1 Samuel 16, 13. Satan tempted David to number the people, 1 Chronicles 21, 1. Athaliah destroyed the seed royal. Joash was hidden. In the house of the Lord, 2 Kings 11, 1 through 6. Esther, <laughs> Haman plotted to destroy all the Jews. Herod's command to slaughter the infants in Matthew 2, 16. Premature attempts to kill Jesus. Read the Gospels. The temptation of Jesus, Matthew 4, Mark 1, Luke 4. Cast yourself off the pinnacle of the temple. From Cain to the very attempt to have Joseph expose Mary to be stoned. 
You see them all through there. The final conflict will be when Satan is incarcerated with the Antichrist in the lake of fire. When Satan possesses the Antichrist and becomes actually the counterpart to the incarnation of the Son of God. You have the incarnation of Satan through the Antichrist. Thirdly, Satan is um, used by God to, at times, to be his instrument. We've seen some of this, but let me just mention some again. The simple principle taught in Scripture is this, that Satan is under God's control and authority, and he can do certain things under the liberties that God gives him, but God is the one who sets the boundaries. The Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only lay not your hand upon him. Job 1.12, he set the boundaries. Jesus is seated far above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominions, Ephesians 2.21 says. Joseph declared that God meant it for good, though his brethren meant it for evil. In Genesis, evil spirits distressed Saul from the Lord, 1 Samuel 16.14 and 23. Jesus gave permission to Judas to betray him, Satan having entered him, John 13, 27. Satan was used to move the Pharisees to plot the death of Christ according to God's plan. Jesus said to Peter, Satan wanted to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not, Luke 22, 31 and 32. Last of all, Satan is a defeated foe. Jesus stripped him of his authority. He destroyed him who has the power of death. We're going to see that in Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of Satan, 1 John 3, 8 says. The grave could not hold him, Acts 24 says. He says Satan was judged. We saw that three times in John's gospel. He disarmed principality and powers, making a public display of them and triumphing over them, Colossians 2.15 says. He led captivity captive. He gave gifts to men for the perfecting of the saints in Ephesians 4, 7 through 10. He will be cast out of heaven at the beginning of the great tribulation, Revelation 12, 7 through 9, by God. So Jesus reveals his destiny. Here it is. The defeat of his army in the world. They fall in the battle of Armageddon, Revelation 19, 11 through 21. Satan will be bound for a thousand years in the bottomless pit in Revelation 20, 1 and 3. And Satan will be cast in the lake of fire for all eternity in Revelation 20, verse 10. It was created for him and his angels, Matthew 25, 41 says. The end of Satan and the final defeat was written from the beginning. God said... You will bruise the seed of the woman's heel, but the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. A fatal blow. His destiny is defeat. So this is the biblical truth about the devil, his present and future destiny. Remember these three foundational truths about Satan. They will help you. The devil and his origin he has created as an angel by God. The devil in his fall, he rebelled against God. The devil, his present and future destiny, he has limits and he will be destroyed. That's good news. Satan, 
a mere pawn in the hand of Almighty God. That's the simple truth brought out in today's message by Pastor Xavier Reese. You can hear this message again, if you like, online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Now, you can pick up a copy of Satan, His Origin, Fall, Present, and Future. In fact, in its complete and unedited form, it also contains what was shared by Pastor Xavier the last time we were together. This is a great way to dig even deeper into the study. Why not pick up an additional copy to share with someone in your church or Bible study? Request a copy on CD for just $4. Now, once again, ask for the title, Satan, His Origin, Fall, Present, and Future. Request yours at Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, it's important that you include the call letters of this station in all your correspondence with us. We use that information to help monitor the stewardship of this outreach. When all is said and done, Satan only has a few plays in his playbook of deceit. Find out what they are when you join Pastor Xavier Reese right here on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com